Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. It's so exciting to be here. I'm excited. I am thrilled. I am like pumped up. Um, we're going to continue the series of Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving. I hope you were impacted last week uh, with a little bit of an intro of Friendsgiving. I want to give a shout out to everyone who's watching us online. We love you. Uh, we're just excited that you chose today to join us. Um, and uh, I'm just thrilled for what God has for us. So uh, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray right now, Lord, that you take the wheel, Lord. That you take the wheel, Father, that you take control, that you take control of every aspect of the service, Father. You was showing up in the worship and, and song, Father. You was showing up in the form of giving, Father. We just pray that you continue to show up in the form of word, Lord, Father. Father, allow me, Father, to speak, Father, without slurring my words. Allow me, Father, to speak, Father, with a form of clarity, Father. You would allow yourself to impact their hearts uh, today, Lord, Father. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. All right, last Sunday we talked about three forms of friendship that we see in today. The first one was digital friendship. That's probably what we do all the time. It's a friendship that is kind of fake. We just love to make ourselves look good, but it really isn't friendship. Then we learned about another form of friendship, one-dimensional friendship. One-dimensional friendship is when everything is about self and what I can get from you. Now, we learned about another one called transactional friendship. Transactional friendship is a friendship that happens when I take away something from you so that I can get ahead of you. Those are the three forms of friendships we talked about last week. Then we talked about how we should compare ourselves to the way of Jesus towards others. We all need friends but few understand the basics about forming quality friendships. A true friend is someone whom we enjoy mutual affections with, interact with, and have respect for. But a best friend are those who are helpers in times of trouble, are those who are our advocates when we find ourselves in need. That's the kind of friend we should desire to be like. Today, I'm going to read from John 11. I'm going to read a little bit, you know, lengthy today, because I know we don't read our Bibles. So I'm going to read. And I'm, I'm trying to, you know, become friends through that. Um, but I'm going to read today. It's going to come from John 11, verse 1, and then we're going to read. This story basically talks about Lazarus, but I want to use it, and I want to take apart this whole story and teach about three different friends in the midst of a chaos. Okay? All right, I'm going to start at verse 3. I'm not going to start at 1. But 3 says, So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. The one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is. For God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. 
He stayed where he was for two more days. But you're my friend. He stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. Verse 8, but Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back now? Verse 9, Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. Verse 10, it is when a person walks at night that, the, that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he's asleep, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of this, of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, dude. He's dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas is being sarcastic. Let's go with Jesus so we can also die. That's how that's supposed to be. He is being sarcastic. Verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus has already been in the tomb for four days. I'm going to skip down to verse 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And verse 27 says, yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. She replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God who is to come in this world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, Mary, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. Let's skip down to 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Now, this is the verse that everyone knows by memory. Jesus wept. 
That's where that verse comes from. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But the Lord said to Martha, but the Lord said, Martha, but, but, but Lord, sorry, but Lord said, Martha. Now you got to get it again. But Lord said, Martha. This is Martha again. Being nosy. But Lord said, Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is bad odor. For he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus took up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I thank God that you didn't hear Martha. I thank you that you heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here. That they may believe that you sent me. We see how Jesus. We see how Jesus through all of this was a friend. He was a person who had their best interest. Even to the point of crying with them. Jesus is our source for building friendship. For reaching new friends. If we go back to the story. We see that Jesus hears that his friend Lazarus is dying and that he is dead. Lazarus' sister, Martha and Mary are seeking his help. So they come and they ask for him to come. But what Jesus did instead was that he waited two days. Have you ever sent the text message? And that person don't respond until two days later? I know, right? <laughs> but what Jesus did instead was that he waited two days to then make a decision to go. And when he was about to go, his disciples tried to bring him to some sense. He's like, dude, what are you doing? You are crazy. They tried to kill us over there. And now you want to go back. Those people don't want nothing to do with us, they said. They show it by throwing rocks. They're trying to kill us. And you want to go back there for Lazarus? You want to risk all of our lives for Lazarus? First point I want to make today. Friendship should always bring clarity. The clarity that Jesus was showing us at this very point was that even through difficulties, Jesus was going to keep moving forward. Jesus was, wasn't going to, to, to let a crowd or a mob of crazy people hinder him from reaching his friend Lazarus and saving him. Jesus, again, was willing to risk it all for one. He was risking the 99 for the one. He was going against what the disciples thought were correct. 
While they were saying that it was dangerous, Jesus understood the assignment. Jesus understood the assignment. <laughs> you see, sometimes we, we fall short of God's glory because we're listening to everyone else. He understood his purpose in his friendship. He understood his purpose in his, the lives of his friends, in the lives of Martha, in the life of Mary. He understood his purpose. In the life of, of Lazarus, he understood his purpose. You see, Martha and Mary and Lazarus were very close friends with Jesus. They experienced moments of fellowship with Jesus a couple of times. I mean, face-to-face experiences. So when Jesus heard that his boy was dying, he ran and didn't worry about the obstacles that he would face. His love was sincere and true that it didn't bother what people thought of him. He was willing to risk himself getting hurt to give his friend some clarity that he wasn't done with him yet. You see, when Martha spoke to Jesus, she spoke in a way that it was like she didn't believe why Jesus was there. She was like, just talk to your father and he'll take care of it. What Jesus was about to do to Lazarus Her response was like, dude, what are you doing here? We already know that that Lazarus will come back to life in the last days. But Jesus took that moment to remind her to give her some form of clarity. That he was the resurrection and, and, and the life and that he who believes in me will live even if he dies. Jesus had to remind her, there's friends that we have to remind sometimes why we are in their lives. There are friends that we have to mind and give uh, clarity saying, hey, I am here to be your friend, but also to build you up. That's what friendship does. We bring clarity so that people's eyes can be open. You see, Jesus had to remind her who he was in her life and in the life of her sister and brother. Then after she heard that clarification from Jesus, the Bible says that she said, yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God who is to come into this world. As friends, you should bring peace even in the midst of their chaos. If your friends aren't bringing peace in the middle of your chaos, then run away. Run away. Your friends are supposed to be one of the closest peoples in your life. But if they're always hindering you, if they're always bringing you down, if they're always trying to distract you from where God is trying to put you in the direction, run away. This is what happened when Jesus insisted to go to the town. Even when the disciples said that it was not good, a good idea, he brought peace to a moment of uncertainty. Are you getting something? Second point, I'm not going to be with you guys long. Second point, friendships should bring closeness. Friendship should bring closeness. Mary was in a deeper relationship with Jesus because Mary heard that Jesus was looking for her. And the Bible said that she ran and she fell at his feet and started to cry. Man, this is the same Mary that poured out the alabaster box full of oil and anointed Jesus. 
This is the same, this is the same Mary who at a time of, 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 of fiesta, I mean, there's a story of Martha, she's cooking in the kitchen and she's making coffee and she's making rice and beans because that's, that's what they do. And she's making a meal. And then Martha is complaining about Mary because Mary was where? At Jesus' feet. Now think about it. Are you a Martha or are you a Mary? Are you a Martha or are you a Mary? Sometimes we get so distracted about what the world has that we fall short of the glory of God because we're not at the feet of Jesus. See, Jesus, man, was looking for her. And the Bible said that she ran and she fell at the feet of Jesus and she started to weep. And because he saw that, she, he also started to cry. You need to have friends that you can cry with. You need to have friends that you can be transparent with. There's sometimes people that just want to see you fail so that they can just lift up their chest a little bit more and be like, ah, I'm doing way better than they are. That's not what Jesus calls us to do. Jesus wants us to cry with those who cry. Jesus wants us to hurt with those who hurt. Our job isn't, as believers, isn't a job always about rewards. It's mostly about all the things that we can sacrifice. You see, Mary knew the value of her friendship with Jesus. She understood the closeness of her friendship, that she humbled herself so that she could bless, so that he could bless her. We find it hard hard to be close with one another because of society's determination of what friendship is or should be. Today's friendship is more transactional and one-dimensional than anything else. God's people, God's people are a part of a body not intended to function separately. Not intended to be unconcerned for one another. But that is the problem. We have become that kind of body. Where it's more about what I can get from you than what I can give. Jesus didn't come to this world to get from something from you. He came to this world to give, to serve sacrificially, to give it all on the cross for you and for me. You see, most of the time when we read this story, we only focus on Lazarus in the, in the, in the tomb and he, him being set free. But when I started to read it, I was like, yo, Martha is crazy. She's speaking back to Jesus, telling him what he should have done. And Jesus is saying, I'm here. I, I, I am the way. I don't know who you believe in, but I'm here. I'm present. The only true body in the world is the church. The world makes, may talk of brotherhood, but in reality, its philosophy is each man for himself. God's children are guaranteed the richest and the truest friendship both here and hereafter. That's something to be excited for. He said, hereafter. But we need to understand that our purpose in our friendship is an outward focused concept. It's about the service to others rather than the service to self. 
We should look for moments to promote closeness. Invite somebody to get some Starbucks coffee. Invite somebody to get some Dunkin' Donut coffee. Invite somebody over your house. Thanksgiving is coming. And there's a lot of people here who don't have family here. Reach out to them. Show them the love. Show them the compassion. Show them that you care. You see, you don't know how how hard it is sometimes to hear um, the stories of my wife. You know, my wife, she's amazing. She's, she's, She's amazing. But she gave a lot to be here. Her family's in Mexico. And I have to be understanding that she has given sacrificially so that I can have her here. So when there's moments where I see other families who don't have family here, I'm reaching out to them because that's our job. Our job is to show love. Our job is to show hope. Our job is to share that little piece of of pumpkin pie with them. It's not about self. It's not about what you can bring to the table. It's not about you looking better than they are looking. As you can see, this black is really working for me today. They were like, you're losing weight. I was like, I don't think so. Don't know. I said, okay, good. And then my wife, my wife got me this jacket, so it's like kind of like, it's distracting you guys, like a 3D effect going on. That's Black is the new Slim Fast, this guy. This guy. See, I love Paul. Paul is very sincere. He's like, that, that's what you're going to get with Paul. And he's, 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 he's very transparent. But this is our job. Our job is not to focus on ourselves, man. It's not to focus on ourselves. It's not to focus on what we can get for ourselves. Jesus did not pay the final cost on that cross just thinking of himself. When you start thinking of yourself, you start working outside of the glory of God. When you start thinking of yourself, you start showing that you really don't understand what love is. Our job is not to do that. Our job is not to live that way. Our job is to encourage. When I see Louis, what is the German shepherd, I encourage him. I'm like, Louis, that's a beautiful dog. You see? When I, when I, when I, when I, I'm seeing Rob or when I, when I, when I see Will, when I, when I see all my fellow Rob, look, Rob is not wearing his Cowboys uh, stuff today because I feel bad for the Cowboys, but um, rest in peace, Cowboys. Um, but, but um, when I encounter myself with Rob, even though he's all about, yeah, yeah, yeah. He also shows his true self. He shows a form of transparency. Robert got a lot of certifications, but he's so down to earth. Sometimes we allow our certifications to determine who we are instead of laying that all aside and saying, yo, let's get a burger together and let's enjoy some moment of kinonia or friendship. That's what Friendsgiving is all about. This is what this is all about. Third point. Friendship should always promote an environment of growth. If you're not growing, you have no friend. If you're not growing, 
you have no friend. Your friend should encourage you. Your friend should promote your dreams, even though they don't think it's going to go anywhere, but they're still promoting it. Uh, your friend should inspire you to do better for their significant other. A lot of friends don't do that. They just hold one side. You see, when people talk to me and they say, oh, man, I'm like this, and me and my wife are doing this, I'm like, first of all, how's your relationship with Jesus? And then from there, we can talk. Because most of the time, we're dealing with issues and dealing with um, obstacles in our life that Jesus can help us get through. But I have to be that kind of friend to bring some form of clarity. Yo, you praying? You doing a devotional? You waking up at 6.30 with us? There's something that we have to do. We all have some form of responsibility to take. The friendship should always promote an environment of growth. I'm going to read this verse. This is actually... It says, um, verse 39 from John 11. And this, this is going to... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jesus says, take away the stone, he said. But Lord, this is Martha. By this time, there is a bad odor for he has been there for four days. Then Jesus said this to her. I've read this a couple of times. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Did I not tell you? You see, we should always strive to be a friend that is willing to endure the odor that our friendships sometimes bring. that outfit right I think so too we should always strive to be a friend that is willing to endure the odor that friendship sometimes bring Martha was worried about the smell but Jesus was able to see past that it took the faith of who his friends to roll away the stone so that Lazarus could receive his blessing so that Lazarus could receive his breakthrough, so that Lazarus could receive his resurrection. That is a friend. Your friend should be able to immerse themselves in all the stink that you have. So that they can receive the glory of God through you. You see, sometimes people... Uh, my, my, actually, uh, Pastor Jose would always say, son, I'd rather people build a relationship with you because through you, they will fall in love with Jesus. I don't have to be reading verses at work. I don't have to be reading verses at Red Robins while I'm eating my wings and promoting the gospel. I don't have to be doing that. But we insist that that's the way. The way is relationship. The way is bringing clarification. The way is being true. The, the, the way is being immersed in stink. We are here stinking up the place today. You know why? Because we have issues. We have struggles. When you don't see that in yourself, 
then you're not following the gospel. Because when you think you got it all together, you're saying that Jesus does not exist and that there's no need for Jesus in your life. Let me tell you something. I stink every day. Yes. I stink every day. There's odors coming out all the time. It's just stinking. But understand that through the stinkiness, there's breakthrough. That through this moment of pain, there's, there's forgiveness, there's comfort. This is who we're supposed to be. Jesus wasn't worried about the stink. Martha was worried about the stink. The sister was worried about the stink. Mary was ran to Jesus as soon as she heard that he was there. Timothy was saying, let's all go with Jesus and die. He was being sarcastic with what Jesus was saying. This shows us, listen, this shows us that sometimes we're going to surround ourselves around other Christians who are going to test our faith. They're going to test our faith and it's our job to step through it. It's our job to walk on water. It's our job to continue walking in the faith that Jesus has planted in our lives. Don't allow yourself to get distracted. Don't allow yourself to lose hope. Don't allow yourself to be arrogant to the point that you can't deal with bad odor. Don't do it. The people who rolled the stone from the tomb of Lazarus, we don't know who they really was. But we know that they were willing. Be willing to roll that stone for a friend. Be willing to deal with that bad odor. Be willing to show love and and to, and to have words of encouragement for one another. When we started this series, I was talking to Pastor Jose and I said, okay, I know Friendsgiving is when friends who don't have friends come together on Thanksgiving. That's what I know. But right now I gave you two teachings about friends, about being a friend, about not being transactional friends, about not being a one-dimensional friend, about not being a digital friend. Be transparent where you are reachable, where you are approachable. Understand that that's our job. Lazarus was waiting in that tomb. He was dead. He was not alive. He was not breathing. But as soon as his friends rolled away the stone, he received his miracle. Jesus later says, let's read it again. Verse 41. He says, so they took the stone away. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you are always he, you, you always hear me. I, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. You think Jesus couldn't turn those stones and spin it away or take it away? You think Jesus couldn't do that? Jesus could have done it at any time. But he wanted to see the faith of his friends. He wanted to see the faith and the dedications of their relationship of their friends. You see, sometimes we're around friends who have no dedication to us. They're just there to be there. They're there to take away, but they're, they're, not, they're never there to water us when we're hurting. They're never there to speak word when we need words of encouragement. They're never there to feed us when we're hungry. Have you ever been out with a friend? And they never paid a check. (laughs) 
I asked the question. She said yes. Yes. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. My time is valuable. When you don't respect yourself, no one else will. And because I respect myself, and because I respect myself, I respect my time. You know my ministry first is my family. My ministry first is my children. My ministry first is my household. But if you want to be my friend, I'm going to give you that time. But please value it. Because I could be home with my wife. Understand the concept here. Jesus is telling the guys, roll the stone away. And it took their initiation to roll the stone away. Lazarus could have been in that tomb forever for four more days. But it took the encouragement of his friends, the encouragement of families, the encouragement of people. Here at Scarlet Note, we have some loving, friendly people. If you haven't talked to any of these crazy people at Scarlet Note, talk to them. They are so transparent. They are so like, yo, let's talk. Please. I see so many people, they, they, they come to church, then they leave quickly. No, fellowship. Talk to people. Encourage one another. Talk. No, Brother Rodney was outside doing the parking like this. And I actually asked him last week, I said, hey, would you like to do this? He's like, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, great. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And he came early, and I'm like, wow, Rodney is awesome. Rodney, Rodney is great. See, we all do this here. We do this here so that we can encourage that one soul that's coming through the door. We don't do this for self. We do this to serve. We do this to encourage. We do this so that people can receive their breakthrough. Man, I just want to say thank you, Lord, for this time. I just want to say thank you, Lord, for this moment that you've allowed me to be here these past two Sundays. They're probably wondering why am I praying? I'm praying because I am done. I said I was going to finish. I said it was going to be short. But Lord, I just say thank you, Lord. You know why? Because you continue to love me. You continue to love me because I'm not perfect and you continue to be there. You continue to surround me around people that are willing to support my bad odor, Lord. You continue to surround me about people, Lord, around people that are willing to roll that stone away from me, Lord, so that I can be resurrected, Lord. I say, Lord, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for the love. I thank you for the hope that you give me, Lord. I thank you that you wake me up every morning, Lord. I thank you, Lord, Father, that I'm here with my family. I am thank you, Father, that you've brought me around people that encourage me every day. Father, I just thank you, Lord. I, some people need to say thank you this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes we're so much, Lord, about what we can get from you, Lord, Father. But I just want to say thank you for being a good, good father to me. Thank you for loving me, Lord. Thank you for caring about me, Lord. Some of us are Lazarus right now. Some of us are hearing some bad news right now. Some of us are are dealing with issues at home and we need encouragement from our brothers and our sisters. Some of us need that help. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to reach out to our Heavenly Father. Don't be afraid to reach out to those that are sitting next to you. Lord, I just say thank you, Lord. I say thank you, Lord. I say thank you, Lord. You continue to encourage me, Lord. You continue to humble me all the time. Father, sometimes I feel like Martha. And you remind me who you are. Father, I just pray that I could be married. 
and be able to fall at your feet always and not forget that I am nothing without you, Lord, but that I am something miraculous with you. I pray this prayer. We all say, amen, amen, amen. Did you all get something today? Did you all get something today? Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.